Greetings, family and friends. It's good to see all of you here and those online as well. One last day. Tomorrow, big day. Okay. This week, we round off Missions Month. As a short recap, Liking Poulsen, our speaker on Mission Sunday, preached from Zechariah 8, 20-23 and titled, Missions Awakening. The passage is a prophetic word of God and promise to Jerusalem, to bless Jerusalem and how people will come to entreat the Lord there. They will come because they have heard the greatness of the Lord, the God of Israel. Similarly, God has a prophetic words for Singapore and through Singapore, nations will hear the greatness of God and come to Him. God has a mission for us all. It begins with prayer and presence. In history, every missionary work, revival, breakthrough can be traced through prayer. The Moravian 100 years of prayer meeting as well as the Haystack prayer meeting. Prayer is a serious matter. Nothing casual about it. And it's one way for us to prepare the way of the Lord. Our, incarnation, our incarnational presence is also required for God's mission. Next, last week, Pastor Mihi preached during Witness and Evangelist, Evangelism Sunday from 1 Corinthians 9, 19-23, entitled, Building a Bridge to the Gospel. The passage is about Paul, who surrendered his rights and endures all things to advance the gospel. He became all things to all people, so that by means, some may come to know Christ. Just like Paul, who has been given the stewardship of gospel, all of us here in Amokyo Methodist Church has been entrusted with the same stewardship to win people for Christ. We need to build bridges and not war. First, we can start by building relationships with people around us, example, our neighbours, colleagues, and even extended family. Second, we can be intentional in building a bridge to the gospel. We can find common grounds to begin a spiritual conversation. And while respecting their views, we can try to find an opportunity to transit to the gospel. Start by praying for this pre-believer's friend. Reach out to them by inviting them to bridging events such as Alpha, Friends at Heart, and even a building ourselves to serve in outreach event. Today, it is the turn of outreach and social concern. Now, one question that often pops up is the linkage between Christian service and sharing the gospel. I hope today I can provide a better understanding on how this can be applied to our outreach effort, as well as providing a Sabbath for the needy. Come, let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be pleasing in your sight, Lord, our God, and our Redeemer. Amen. The passage for today is Deuteronomy 15, 1-18, but we will be focusing on verses 7-11. to Let me read. Verse 7. If among you one of your brothers should become poor in any of your towns within your land, that the Lord your God is giving you. You shall not harden your heart or shut your hands against the poor brother, but you shall open your hands to him and lend him sufficient for his need, whatever it may be. Take care, lest there be an unworthy thought in your heart 
and you say, the seventh year, the year of release is near, and, you, and your eye looks grudgingly on your poor brother, and you give him nothing, and he cries out to the Lord against you, and you will be guilty of sin. You shall give him freely, and your heart shall not be grudging when you give to him, because for this the Lord your God will bless you in all your works and in all that you undertake. For there will, ne- for there will never cease to be poor in the land. Therefore, I command you, you shall open wide your hand to your brothers, to the needy and the poor in your land. This is the word of God. Now, to start, let me ask you a question. When Moses spoke this word, have they entered the promised land that was flowing with milk and honey? No, that's right. Well, no, in fact, it was Moses, uh, Joshua who will lead them across the Jordan. This thought came to my mind. Since God was giving the Israelite land once they crossed over the Jordan, shouldn't each of them be able to just choke a big piece of land, each one of them, and everybody will be satisfied and happy? How can someone be poor in a land that was flowing with milk and honey? How contradictory. Well, a bit of background context will help. Now, the context of Deuteronomy has been described by scholars as part of a covenant renewal process as the Israelites prepared to enter the promised land. The book of Deuteronomy was written using the Hittites treaty format. Now, for those who are interested, the treaty is written in five parts, which include first, historical prologue, second, the longest, legal stipulation, third, provision for storing the covenant and reading of it periodically, fourth, a list of witnesses, and fifth, blessing and curses. Now, the part that we have just read falls under the portion of text called legal stipulation, the longest portion, and it runs from Deuteronomy 4.44 to 26.19. Now, here's another little secret that modern Bible scholars have discovered that can help us appreciate what was happening. The stipulation that Moses wrote are in the sequence of the Ten Commandments that he originally gave the Israelites that can be found in Exodus 20. This means that if you read carefully, you will know exactly which commandment he had in mind in the, in the various laws that he listed in Deuteronomy. In other words, these are not independent laws about Sabbath year of release, which we read, but on providing Sabbath to the poor who may not have a chance to keep it. Now, two uh, scholars, Taylor, Taylor Thomason and Christopher Wright, noted that Moses artfully applies the Ten Commandments and the principle under this name to real-life situation and as extension the Sabbath principle, which is the fourth commandment, into the structure and fabric of society. In other words, both rich and poor have a chance to enjoy the Sabbath. Now, this single factor broadens the potential for application of this passage in both the lives of the Israelites as well as to the church today. Further, Moses taught this Sabbath extension in earlier parts of the law as well. For instance, in Exodus 23, 10-11, we see Sabbath year of the land. Sabbath, now the Sabbath year of the land. Then in Leviticus 25, 8-55, he expanded 
Exodus 23 into a year of Jubilee, 7 by 7 now. In Deuteronomy 15, 1 to 11, this is even a further development of this Sabbath principle and now applies specifically to the release of debts. And now this passage ex- expands the scope of the fellow year to the release of human beings from the burden of death. Its main aim and component is poverty, which is death. Okay? In short, Deuteronomy 15, 1 to 18 is not an independent set of new laws, but an exposition of the fourth commandment on Sabbath that runs from Deuteronomy 14, 22 to 16, 17. So what we have just read is about giving Sabbath to the needy, of which is the first part of the sharing today. So what was Moses telling the Israelites regarding, regarding giving Sabbath to the needy? Well, again, I like for those who are interested, Hebrew narrative is written using the chaotic structure approach. That means you usually find a main point that the author wants to communicate in the middle of the passage rather than in the front as in English. Therefore, the mass for the passage today that stretches from Deuteronomy 15, 1 to 18, the main point is verse 8. But you shall open your hand to him and lend him sufficient for his need, whatever it may be. Now, let me try to help you understand what Moses was trying to say in Hebrew using Taylor Thomason's description. Starting in verse 7, Moses gives specific instruction to the Israelites on what they are to do if among you one of your brothers should become poor. Verse 7, that is, Moses first aim at the heart. You shall not harden your heart. You can also replace it with words that say harden your heart with being obstinate or having a stubborn self-will, that heart that will not change in behavior. After Moses aimed at the heart, he aims at the hand. Moses urged them not to shut your hands against the poor brothers. This shutting of hand means being stingy or tight-fisted and the idea of not generous with one procession. Putting it together, verse 7 task means that the Israelite must not be hard-hearted and tight-fisted towards the poor. Next, Deuteronomy 15.8 is better translated from Hebrew as but open, open your hand. This verse begins with a string of double Hebrew construction that in English are usually translated by addition of uh, adverb. The double verb continues in uh, 15 verse 8 and it says, land, land willingly. And when and when should open-handedness and lending to the poor stop? It lasts until the poor has reached a level of self-sufficiency. So, verse 11, which is the summary, is better translated as, but open, open your hand and lend. Lend willingly till he is self-sufficient. In short, generosity in both financial giving and effort. I like what the organization Food for Hungry wrote to clarify this point. 
God commands generosity towards those in the land among the Israelites. In part, God is using the Israelites as a model to showcase his blessing, the prosperity that he had in mind, and also his, and also his people, his generosity with one another. The scripture also insists that the principle is for the entire land. That is, each neighbor has to be open-handed with his own neighbor. And this, is, this was meant to happen among neighbors all over the land. The concept of open-handedness was quite literal. In ancient setting where credit, wire transfer, and modern type of currency did not exist, sharing with someone had to be quite personal. One hand open to another. This means that the giver and receiver knew each other very well. In summary, I believe open-handed generosity cannot be legalized, but must come naturally within ourselves or in the spirit. Thus, the second part of the title, True Generosity in Spirit. Now, now that we know what this passage in Deuteronomy is talking about, Sabbath to the needy, we turn next to the present day and how we can apply it in Singapore. Specifically, how do we link the overall goal of sharing the gospel of the kingdom of God and Christ? Well, I will start by saying that this is a very practical theological question that even Bible college professors like to ask their students. How do we link this together, sever for the needy and sharing the gospel? I once had this question from my Bible college lecturer. In 300 words, discuss religious pluralism, proclaiming the uniqueness of Christ without offending others. Well, after scratching my head, I wrote, pardon the rather academic words. I will argue that we can certainly proclaim Christ's uniqueness without offending anyone's religious sensitivity. We need to move away from an exclusive attitude that is outright demonstration about the Christian faith, how the Christian faith is different from other religions, towards an inclusive approach. This can be shown through service to the poor. Archbishop William Goh, as of yesterday night, Tyner William Goh, articulated that as James 2.20 stated, even as the faith without work is dead, our Christian charity flows from our conviction that God is love. Hence, our Christian social work is not simply humanitarian, but a desire to demonstrate God's unconditional love to all, regardless of race, language, or religion. To be able to have the opportunity to share the message, we need to first to show a common bond with others. Our service of love to the poor cannot be exclusive to just within our own kind, but to all others that do not share our belief. This will help open door without being offensive. We should also recognize the distinctiveness of each other's faith and that it is personal. Therefore, the second step is to show mutual respect. With this mutual respect, we can then earn the right 
to share the gospel. It's only through mutual respect that we will finally be able to dialogue and share the love of God. Within our multi-religious context, the uniqueness of a story is that God wills that His Son die for our sin. This is the greatest demonstration of unconditional love of God proven through Christian service. So what I written was six years ago. Do I still believe? Yes. That is how we integrate Christian service with the sharing of gospel in the multicultural setting in Singapore. In other words, we don't need to push the gospel up front at the first point of contact, but slowly by building up a relationship through Christian service. Build up a, build up, build up a bond first, just as Pastor Mihi shared last week. Share the gospel when the opportunity arises. In building up a relationship, you have built up your credential and the right to share the gospel which, by the way, is covered under Article 15 of the Singapore Constitution, as pointed out in the 40 Days of Prayer. And it, reads, and it reads, Every person has the right to profess, practice his religion, and to propagate it. But to take heart, statistics on how many times a person hears the gospel before he or she receives Christ range from four to six times. In other words, patiently wait. And let the Holy Spirit guide you to share. Building a relationship first is the important first step. So what is the best way then? Well, the answer, by showing generosity through spirit through the befriending process. It may take months or even years before we can see results, but trust God for the opportunity to share Christ. Generosity is not merely a means to evangelism. In my opinion, it is the best key way to open doors to evangelism. Remember this then. Generosity in spirit is the solution to providing a Sabbath for the needy. Now, how can you get involved then through Christian service? Well, you may want to consider participating in the following in church. First, I'd like to echo what Pastor Mihi uh, shared about surplus mentality in generosity during stewardship Sunday. You can contribute firstly through generosity or financial giving. Now, most of you are familiar with Love Amopio Fund. This fund was established for outreach to the community within Amokyo. Areas of fund utilization include financial assistance for the needy, providing bursary award, as well as providing funding for Give at Christmas program in case of shortfall. I'd like to give a summary of the Love Amokyo Fund. As of close, as of close uh, July 31st, 2022, just recently, expense was 38.5K. Donation was 76.7K, with more than 60% coming during the Give at Christmas donation drive. We'd like to thank you for that through the church and to bless the community. Secondly, you can contribute through generosity of time, through befriending effort. This is the area where the need is most. And continue, as we continue to expand to bring the gospel to those who are in contact through befriending process. Now, the following are some of the programs that you can consider. First, tuition program. We currently have about 70 students from K1 reading all the way to SEC4. 
our tutors have the opportunity to engage with students 30 over times per year in either teaching of English or math. Our critical area is the secondary program, which runs on Wednesday and Thursday evening during school term. Most of our students have been with us for several years, and the relationship has been established. You can help us by being a mentor to this student, student and in the process, share with them when the opportunity arises. Next, befriending tuition student family through our LOM program. We are stepping up our effort to engage with some of these tuition student family. This includes regular visits to their home, as well as engaging them with other programs beyond tuition. We are also planning to start running events outside tuition program for the students through fun as well as games. You can join us in this opportunity to create programs that engage them socially. Of course, we are also creating other, engage, other engagement opportunities by inviting parents to join us in church activities like family life activities. Third, important, befriending at our SAC, at Tegi Vista. We need more volunteers who can be part of our community befriending program. This is part of the government, government's effort to be in touch with the elderly within the allocated blocks that the SAC serve. Volunteer tasks will be to befriend allocated residents by visiting them or contacting them regularly. Cell groups are encouraged to take part in this program. We have invited the SAC manager who will provide more information later in the service as well as a booth outside. Now, if you have any ideas how we can show generosity to Christian service, we would like to hear from you. If you are not sure how to get involved, also feel free to contact me. Now, if you are still not sure if Christian service is the area you want to start on, let me share my story on how I got involved in outreach and social concern long, long before I know the Methodist use of the term. When I was working in the corporate world, I would say that I have a very rather misguided view when it comes to helping the needy. It was leave it to the government approach. They have all the resources. I was also a skeptic of corporate social responsibility or CSR event. Was it to promote the company image or was it for image? for the individual to show true love to the needy. I took early retirement from the corporate world and that was when I realized that my second career might be within the social service sphere as a career counsellor suggested. I began exploring volunteering in social service sector and checked out if that was my calling in early 2015. An opportunity came soon enough Onesimus Garden, it was at 40 Newtia Road, one of the most Ulu spots in Singapore. How Ulu? You never know this place exists. This place was introduced to me by a pastor's friend. This place, vision was to provide a refuge to injured migrant worker, uh, ex-offender, youth with special needs, as well as the elderly. The mission has four primary objectives. The ministry has four primary objective, offering therapy, using work to cultivate mental wellness and build confidence for those who came to the farm. 
Second, job training. Third, providing work opportunity to those who are sufficiently skilled and independent for commercial farm employment. And lastly, nurturing a love and nature for people. The name Onesimus Garden is based on the account of a runaway slave Onesimus in the book of Philemon, whom Paul sends back to his master, but not before imploring Philemon to accept Onesimus, not as a slave, but as a fellow brother. The ministry aims to instill in its beneficiary who may be looked down upon in society due to their disability or history, a sense of belonging and dignity by making them feel valued through their work. Well, in land scarce Singapore, where land lease is short, there were only seven years left to turn this once useless plot of land into something useful. By the way, if you are counted, this place has since been returned to the government. But the work continues in different form. So this was the project. I decided to join this interesting project and became full-time volunteer number two, no pay. With my engineering background, I was appointed as the farm technician for the hydroponic portion of the farm. The main role was to help transform junk, the literal the place, into something useful to support the production of vegetable. Something like this in the photo. Fun fact, this was, one, this was built for TTC, from the once useless thing to something useful. It's still there, by the way. Apart from that, I also have the opportunity to engage youth with mental health disorder conditions such as ADHD and autism, who had sought a place of refuge at the farm. Not least, I also helped train students from Association of People with Special Needs, or APSM, Delta Senior School, who are under the Work Placement Program in Horticulture. When you sign up as a volunteer, I think most of you do not expect to have excitement and major learning experience, right? Well, not when you have to take care of youth with ADHD and autism. One can never know what to expect, and you just need to depend on the Holy Spirit for guidance. Let me relate to you one incident. At the farm, we had an emergency protocol, and that was that if we, we need to quickly drop everything, we'd be here commotion and run to the location. It means that an autistic person has been triggered, and the task is to bear the person to prevent self-harm or injury to another person. That was the protocol. On one particular day, we, hear, we heard two cries, a male and a female. In my Poachukan yellow boots, I had to run quickly to the place and resolve the situation. It turned out that the autistic youth was triggered by his mother's scolding and had meltdown and totally lost, lost control, threw at least one chair at her. She was all curled up on the floor and he was in tears. To cut the story short, I had to bring him to an isolated place on the farm and teach him to run to a predetermined place when he felt that he was being triggered. So why am I relating, relating this incident? There is human drama even in volunteering. Expect the unexpected. Treat this episode and reflect on what God is teaching you in working towards providing the Sabbath 
Bonadingi. What else did I learn during my volunteering at this place? You can say that I learned about the fruit of spirit and spiritual formation process, especially in terms of love, joy, patience, gentleness, and self-control. Let the Holy Spirit transform you in your volunteering effort. I did not manage to share gospel with this youth with special need, but I'm also contented to know that God will continue, will continue to work His special way in their life. As for the APSM Delta Senior School, school student, I helped them reach a level of self-sufficiency by helping them to graduate from the course, like this in the picture. Now, as an end note, I mentioned that this piece of land has been returned to the government. Well, however, the work continues and it is now split into two separate programs and both of them are right now in Amokyo. You can find the first one behind block 112, just up the slope. Uh, and the other one is a high-tech hydroponic farm on the rooftop of Tech Place 1 at Amokyo Avenue 10. In summary, Deuteronomy 15 talks about giving Sabbath to the needy through generosity in spirit. In a, in a multicultural setting like Singapore, we can integrate Christian service with the sharing of gospel by first establishing a deep-rooted relationship through the befriending process. Generosity of spirit is not limi limited to financial means alone, but also can be through time and effort. As noted by Liking Poson in Mission, on-site presence is key. This is especially in outreach and social concern. We need to take advantage of it and know the reason behind the reason behind the reason in Christian service is first to build a trusting relationship with the neighbor, and then when opportunity comes, share the gospel. To end off, we like to have a time of response. I think most some of you were here who attended the Together Conference and remember Auntie Florence and her rallying call. Can we try? Now, why are, we, why are you supposed to respond if I say, I'm okay. Louder la. I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm okay. Good. Are you ready to take up the mantle of providing several for Nanini through generosity of spirit? Lord, show us each a way. Are you ready to befriend the needy neighbors and share the gospel with them? Lord, Enlarge this vision in each of our heart. We pray that Holy Spirit, you will guide us and show us to take off this mantle. Come, let us pray. Holy Spirit, speak to each one of us on picking up the mantle of Sabbath for the needy by our generosity in spirit, in both time and as well as money. We pray for opportunity both within Amokyo Methodist Church and outside that we can participate in. We believe that the purpose be behind our participation in Christian service is sharing the gospel of the kingdom and about Jesus. Amen.